Welcome to the Psychology of Case Management podcast, the show that helps you use psychological ideas to strengthen your relationship with your catastrophically injured clients and their professional network, so you can achieve more for your clients and feel more fulfilled in your role. Hello and welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Shabnam Berry Khan. Today's topic is on self-care and um, kind of what it is and what it's not, which might be a little different to some of the typical self-care sort of literature or or, um, talks that you might hear. So today I talked to Dr. Alice Nichols, my esteemed colleague at PsychWorks Associates, about considering self-care not so much around sort of adding more meditation or gym classes into our already busy and full lives but more as sort of setting boundaries that are that are dictated by our values giving ourselves permission to outsource where it makes sense and uh, it's perhaps for others more about knowing what a good enough standard is to get a job done to prevent overwhelm or um, considering how long to tolerate a problem using sort of neuroscience-based work strategies. So here we go. Alice Nichols, let's talk about self-care, which is a term that I I feel like it gets banded about an awful lot. um, And it kind of has a lot of expectation maybe associated with it, or it has a particular pathway that it's meant to be. And I kind of feel that the conversations you and I have had perhaps challenge that um mm. stereotype maybe of what self-care is and what it could in fact be as an alternative yeah absolutely I get really um I, I get a little bit wound up by the way self-care is kind of used in the media at the moment as this kind of idea about meditating and bubble baths and going for long runs in the park but like those things are, are amazing but I think it kind of puts pressure on people to think they need to be doing more stuff yeah and that's for a lot of people it's just not it's just not possible you know that the days are busy and they're full and they're packed and we can't be adding other lengthy things to them yeah that's it we are all so time poor aren't we yeah (laughs) and it's funny because I know my, my dad's my dad is um someone who um, has very high standards, quite judgmental, you might even argue, God love him. But it was when he said to me um, a few months ago, oh my goodness, you are very busy, aren't you? <laughs> it made me realise, gosh, maybe I am actually quite busy. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, it meant something coming from him because... It, you so know, it sounds quite validating. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was totally, but it, 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 the fact is we are really busy. And yeah. I don't think it's because I'm badly organized or because I'm inefficient I think I'm there's a lot that needs to be done the moment you're working the moment you're working with people who have injuries so have trauma persistent and life-changing for the rest of their life issues plus their families plus you're trying to help them get what they can that is owed to them in a litigation situation. And on top, you have maybe your own family, your relationships, life dramas that are outside of that workspace. Some of us might have young kids. I know that's, that's certainly true for us, but apparently, according to my cousin, that even if you do have young kids, life doesn't get easier when they get older, which is the fantasy that we might have as mm-hmm. parents of young kids. Apparently it gets harder. 
so you know I don't know what that's all about but I was hoping that I'd be let off that particular pressure apparently that doesn't happen and then you know on top you've got your hobbies and your interests and you've got your family commitments wider outside of your actual household household issues that are in my opinion just just too I mean it's just too much it's there's a lot that we have to do as a you know in the modern world I suppose. And so when, when you say, yeah, when you did say that self-care sometimes feels like it's about, you know, doing something, something more, something, you know, and, and it's, it, it's, it's got this sort of ring around it of bubble baths and, you know, going yeah. for a run, I, I've got to say that those ideas don't connect with me at all. Right. You know that from talking to me and you've said it to me time and time again, you're talking about it, but I know you're not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not my bag. And then I'm thinking, well, what more do I have to do? And then the thought of the, the, the headspace and the, the mental load this all has, yeah. I just don't bother in the end. And so self-care can sometimes be something that doesn't feature in my life at all, even though I know it should. Do, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah, so let's break down what it should be then, shall we? Yes. Let's. Tell me, what should I be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Well, you know, like one thing that, um, that I've learned recently, and I'm really grateful for this for two reasons. One is because my husband always likes to tell me that, oh, you're a woman, you should be able to, you know, you can multitask. He doesn't say it in a sort of expectant kind of way, but he just sort of, there's an assumption that we as women are meant to be able to multitask. That The sort of the neuroscience of multitasking, if you want to say if there is such a thing, there is no such thing as multitasking. Yeah. I feel like I'm saying we're better at cooking, isn't it? And cleaning. Not yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Multitasking is apparently a non, it's not at what it sounds like. So to me, when people say multitasking, they're doing lots of things at the same time. Um, and actually that, that's, as I'm saying it, I'm realizing it's kind of impossible. You can't do lots of things at the same time. We know that. And neuroscience wise, what it means is that lots of you can flit from lots of different things, but you um, aren't actually doing them all at the same time. But what you end up doing is um, jumping from one task to the other pretty quickly. And you, obviously, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And, and while you might think that you're sort of got lots of, you know, lots of plates are spinning, so to speak, you, um, what you're doing is you're spending a lot of energy that you don't necessarily recognize or, or isn't ever really talked about in that multitasking thing. You, you have a lot of energy that is spent and therefore you are massively exhausted at the end of your day. So you end up being actually less efficient. So that to me is a big sort of thing to, to think about when kind of people have that expectation on you that you are you know, that you're able to do lots of things or there's, an, there's a sort of setup of, you know, lots of things need to be done. It's, um, it's actually more exhausting. Yeah, so actually that's, that's one act of self-care that you can do, take, take away right away, isn't it? Is to just do one thing at a time and actually know that you'll be better at doing those things if you do them one at a time. Yeah, yeah. The, your neuroscience doesn't support it, you see. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, not how you know, our brains work. Brain, it is not how our brains work, and actually, there is a sort of sort of superhuman power, isn't there? There's a sort of it's a superpower, as some people are sort of describing it. As I hear, I think you know, like oh, you know, you're really good at multitasking. You know, actually, no, that's you know, that's putting quite a big. It's it now that I understand this a little bit better. You know, I feel burdened when people sort of imply that it's a good thing 
or that it's something that someone should keep on doing because yeah. it looks real, like it sounds like it should be efficient. It actually isn't. And we need to not continue that narrative, I think. Yeah, because it's exhausting, yes. For sure. Um, you talked about not doing more and, in fact, suggesting doing, does that mean doing less? Less, yeah. Maybe even, dare I say, stopping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it without it yeah. getting stuck in my throat. I mean, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Like, there are things in our lives that we maybe don't need to be doing. Sometimes it pays us to stop doing things, even if they're things we'd quite like to do. Actually, if our yeah. lives have become so full, we've not got space to breathe or to, you know, to take a breather between activities or, you know, sit down and think about what it is we need to do today, then, then actually maybe there's too much. Maybe our expectations are too high and we mm. need to like, have a long, hard look at, actually, do we need a slightly smaller caseload? I'm thinking about case managers right now but actually as, mm. as a psychologist too I've had to do that at times too I've had to say actually I think I need to do this many clients a week and not this many because I want to have a bit more time between them to think about them and I want to have you know I want to be able to walk to work and have time to do that so yeah so maybe cutting down where you can in terms of caseload if it's too high or if it's at home you know thinking about things you don't need to be doing at home you know if you're still ironing then <laughs> yeah stop that, stop that. <laughs> um, get your cleaner to do get a cleaner number one get, get, cleaner. Them, get one that does ironing because my one doesn't yeah. you see so yeah. <laughs> but then I don't do ironing so I'm, I'm or just don't, just don't just buy clothes <laughs> that don't need ironing <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no exactly I also wonder if there's um, a sort of you know like doing more not not sorry not doing more and and perhaps doing less can be set up at the beginning of a case even kind of what your availability realistically is given your caseload in general and what other priorities you have in your life I don't mean saying to someone you know you can only talk to me between you know uh, on a Tuesday between 11 and and and, and two or something but I, I just mean as in being able to pace the work that needs to be done yeah um Maybe like saying to clients, um, you know, you can expect to hear back from me within 24 hours, you know, during yeah. work, 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 the working weeks so, so, or something like that. So kind of going back to those, those boundaries. Um, exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't need to be super tight, you know, like you say, but it, just setting up expectations about when you will be available and how long they can expect it to, to take you to do things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think actually what you would end up doing is kind of being quite a good role model to your, mm. <laughs> to your families and, and to your colleagues that it's, you know, the doing, which is what is likely to happen if you take the, that sort of compassion focused approach, which I know we've got, I mean, we've got, we've got episodes on boundaries and compassion focus, but you know, when you are in that sort of drive threat loop, you, you want to do more because that's what you think you, you, you know, you get that, that the dopamine, dopamine. hit. Yes. Uh, mm. The dopamine hits. Exactly. Thank you. Which kind of makes you believe that what you're doing is the right thing. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and it teach you feel like it's um, what you need to keep on doing because that feels good because you're achieving and you're, you're ticking things off your list, but actually it's coming from a place of threat, which means that um, you're more likely to keep on doing that. But actually what happens is that you're constantly running and the treadmill gets faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And eventually, if it doesn't slow down, it, you could fall off, um, mm. which is obviously what we're, what we're trying to avoid. 
and that's what mean- tends to happen I, yeah. I've heard recently I was I was um like just in terms of managing you know people's stress levels the, the place to stop the cycle isn't at the point at which you think oh I'm getting burnt out or the point at which you think oh I'm burnt out it's the point at which you think mm-hmm. oh oh I'm feeling great I'm just going to take on some more stuff I'm just going to yes. do a bit more and actually you feel quite invigorated at the time but it's when you're mm-hmm. feeling invigorated you need to slow it down and say yeah. actually let's manage this energy level so that we don't go through another boom and bust cycle. Definitely. And I suppose one way to kind of think about where you are on that is um, to think about just, you know, just how stressful it is and what you're doing to manage that stress. Does that mean suddenly you're working 12 hour days? Does it mean that, you know, your, your partner is um, always cooking dinner or does it mean that you're, you know, I mean, in the case of us with the younger kids, you know, someone else is putting them to bed every night what are we losing and what is causing us potential stress yeah. um, is a way to kind of maybe help gauge where we are in that, on that sort of um, coping burnout yeah. spectrum. We just got a podcast on stress management, actually, a podcast episode. Yeah, um, I was that. just thinking about the one on um, ACT as well and thinking about how mm. in line with your values, your life starts to look and how that causes that real dissonance for you doesn't it that real kind of discomfort with how how to sync your values are from what your life looks like and that's stressful too isn't it for sure for sure I mean being so blimming time poor like you can't there isn't more than you know than who we are you know you've got your own PA or your own um kind of equivalent uh to, to help you manage things which only you know we only tend to use the you know support in our uh, work life rather than our general personal life and it's often it's something that needs to span both doesn't it there, there is only one of us really there's a, so we've only got the 24 hours in the day sometime a big chunk of that needs to be spent on sleeping obviously and, and refreshing ourselves you know and, and resting the other parts of that 24 hours just split into all sorts of crap and I mean it brings me to the idea of as you often talk about uh, outsourcing yeah. outsourcing wherever you bloody well you've already said it with a cleaner and an ironer <laughs> um, yeah. but in the workspace we, and we've got an episode on this haven't we uh VAs I mean, honestly yeah. genius idea it's so worth thinking about where you can outsource in your personal and professional lives really for me uh, with the with the I know when I'm I'm feeling that overwhelmed is when my invoices get left behind which is never a good thing because kind of doing the work kind of need to get paid for it but that's when I know oh no I've got myself into a bit of a rut here this is not a good sign so outsourcing for some of those admin type tasks keynote dear god don't make me keynote is the bane of my life I've totally learned to outsource that life feels lighter and I'm worth it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I actually, I've, this has taken a long time for me to accept, but I do actually think I'm worth spending the money on to make yeah. my life feel better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, some people work that out, you know, before I have, but I've worked it out now. And I just think, you know, my well being is so much more important and that has taken a lot of effort um, and a lot of self-reflection and, you know, taming that inner critic and 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 accepting that it's not me being crap you know I'm not being a crap case manager or psychologist or you know manager of a, of a service it's just 
I'm busy and there's a lot I have to do. So if mm. I can get a little help, that's very cool. And I'm worth getting the help for. Yeah. yeah. I really believe we should be trying to live lives we don't need to retire from. And that's that's really yeah. kind of like let's try <laughs> and make wicked. this work. And I'm not saying I've got it nailed, but you know, let's try and make life sustainable right now so that we don't we're not just like you know, continuing with something that feels hard, thinking oh, it's okay because I'll retire one day. I don't want to be living my life like that. Yeah. But yeah, let's live, let's live it right now and have work as part of that. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, that's so that is so true. Um, I'm just thinking about other things you can outsource. And I was thinking about <laughs> me I was thinking about meals and um, you know, <laughs> actually maybe having some ready meals or maybe having um, Oh, it's all about gusto, my friend. Yeah, have gusto you, have, box. you know those gusto boxes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, or mindful chef, which is a little bit more expensive, but I think a bit yeah. healthier. Possibly. We like mindful chef. We oh, do recent, you? yeah, we should probably should be getting paid for this, shouldn't we? Um we should be totally name dropping. <laughs> I got another one recently that was Oh, what was it? A feast box, which was mm. delicious, but they took an hour to cook, Ugh. which is a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. something that takes like less than 30 minutes is, is what I want. Occasionally buying those pre-cut carrot batons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like things like that, which I, I used to be, you know, really judgmental. I'm going to say oh, yeah, I used totally. to be really judgmental about it. And now I'm like, sod it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're speaking... You're speaking about standards there too, aren't you? Which I think, yeah. you know, actually sometimes you just need to drop your standards a bit. I, I was like, I was like that yeah. with the pre-cut vegetables. And actually, I, I, what I found was if I bought pre-cut frozen onions, I was far more mm. likely to cook <laughs> because oh. because it was like one of the many barriers just taken away for me. They're just in the freezer. Yeah. They're just sitting there. Someone's chopped them up already. <laughs> it's much easier. Yeah. Much easier. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it is just about letting yourself off the hook a bit, maybe even having some micro and I, I know like people will be like horrified. I'm suggesting microwave rice. But um <laughs> if it's that or a takeaway, you know, it's it's wow. um you know again exactly. again, you know, like thinking about your standards and where you can let it drop a little bit. I'm not saying you have to have, you know, ready meals every night of the week, but maybe when things are tight, when you are tight on time, like letting yourself off the hook a little bit yeah. and um, thinking about how these things aren't going to be the end of the world. Definitely. Definitely. I, I definitely found for a while I was like, whenever I was cooking, I was thinking, oh, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be healthy. It needs to be organic. It needs to be um, responsibly sourced. <laughs> um, you oh, know. God. And then, um, and it needs to be quick to eat and, you know, minimal plastic. And you just tie yourself up in so many knots. You're not even eating. <laughs> no, exactly. exactly. Or if you're anything like me, you're like, you're like, oh, now I'm really hungry and I haven't got any food, so I'm going to order a takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've undone all of the good work that you thought you were going to do in the world. Yeah. All of the good work. It's so true. It's so true. And um, talking about sort of mindfulness, mm. um, although we mentioned it in the context of the mindful chef name drop, um, we should totally get paid for this. There's something in that about kind of, engaging with the you know kind of what you're what you already know about yourself that you've kind of sort of shut off to a little bit and sort of listening to your body Mm. um because your body will tell you when you're stressed your body will tell you when you're hungry your body will tell you when you've had enough your body will tell you when something's not right effectively we're really good at ignoring it aren't we we're really good at just carrying on and yeah. and like just learning to tune out our bodies and actually to look after them we need to tune back in yeah 
it's quite hard to do that when you're when you think you're multitasking and mm. um, you, you're doing more and um, you're maintaining that high standard the whole blooming time. I remember working with someone who um, who used to say that she's going to treat herself to a wee. And I remember thinking, um, well, I remember thinking two things, really. One thing is, um, why is it a treat? Um, and then the second thing was, you know, what, uh, you know, the, the, there's a good thing here that you're not kind of rushing off that there wasn't a sense of, oh, God, I better go before, you know, my next vote. There was something about it that she was she would sort of say it as a sort of, it's almost like a, a break. She was able to listen to her body. She was able to say, okay, I'm going to go, you know, this is what my body needs right now. I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to do it in a way that is not going to, you know, it's not going to sort of stress it. Was, she never seemed stressed about it. It was always, always a, a very sort of intentional sort of, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going yeah. to go and take, it's basically what she was saying. I'm going to take a break. Um, And I'm going to use my body to excuse myself, to allow me to take a break, maybe. I don't know, but uh, whatever it was, um, as weird as it sounds, I think it's actually quite genius. Uh, It is. And I think this is a nice point, actually, that self-care can be, in the small things, it can be about just doing what your body needs it to do in the moment. And if you can do it with compassion then actually you're going to be activating that soothing system that we talk about in the yes. CFT episode. And actually you're going to be giving your, your body and you know your brain a message that you are safe and you're being cared for. And yes. that's going to help decrease cortisol production. So we know that when you yes. do these things, actually you're, you're, you're teaching your body that it's safe. And that has a hormonal impact. Mm. It's going to help relieve your stress. So so sometimes it's not a bubble bath or a run of the park or a massage. It's going for a wee and saying, oh, you know, I'm going to let myself have a wee because I know I need a wee or yeah. I'm going to drink a glass of water because I know that's what my body needs and I'm going yes. to after it. Yes. Yes. That drinking water thing is mine, actually. I, I have, yeah, I need to, yeah, I know when I'm thirsty sometimes and I'm in, I'm in that headspace, I, it's a really good way to just stop me go downstairs because you know some people have those big two litre bottles next to them I think that's partly so they can know how much they're drinking but I've got a big massive pint glass and I know I need to fill that up four times a day yeah and I you know I've got my little method and but it means I have to get up and go downstairs yeah I'm um, laughing that is what I do like when I have a meal I'm like oh (laughs) I need to if I've not drunk today I'm just I'm like yeah I'm definitely gonna drink right now yeah yeah. (laughs) I did water by the way for the (laughs) listeners who missed the earlier bit of this talk (laughs) So in terms of like managing stress, I know that there's um, this method that often is used in sort of um, academic sort of studying technique kind of uh, realms. Um, have you ever heard of the, the Pomodoro um, mechanism yes, or have. Pomodoro model? Or Pomodoro, yeah, I want I to know, say technique. effect, but you're right. I know, it's not, I know. It's a technique. <laughs> it's a technique, right? I think it's come from some Italian... Mm, person I'm not sure if it's a man or a lady actually um I think probably in the 80s or something and and um, he or she um talked about uh, sort of optimal sort of stress management technique to get the most out of what you're doing basically which is good for you but it's also good for the job that you're trying to achieve or the task you're trying to do well in um so in our case for our clients to do you know a piece of work that's good for them um, is to break down the workload into 25 minute tasks. Mm. 
and and then to have a break for like five or 10 minutes and then either revisit the task for another chunk of a similar chunk of time or to switch to another task and just whatever it is in that minute in that time it is and the, the argument around behind that is that our attention in the main um, our attention is so uh, neuro, neuro neurologically we are designed to be able to roughly handle 20-25 minutes mm. of attention and then we need that break. and we hear that don't we sort of sit at your desk for 20 minutes and walk yeah. off and you know walk it off a little bit I guess it's the same sort of time breakdown and the other the other point is is that if you really hate doing a task then you have to do it for 25 minutes and then yeah. you can say bye-bye to it so just smash it out now and then mm. just say that you know you've done it for now you've done your bits that you need to do and so it kind of has a benefit, like it, it fits neurologically, but it also helps psychologically to do the things that need to be done. And if you're sort of a perfectionist or someone who may be a bit avoidant, it's just a really great way to kind of kickstart you into doing something. Because once you've started something, it can often make it easier to re revisit it. But the starting is the problem. So if you know you've just got to start it for 25 minutes, that just probably feels and can for many people be a really helpful way to kind of move forward with all the many many things that we feel that we've got to do in a day yeah there's something else I like to do and you could probably do this alongside the Pomodoro uh technique is mm -hmm. um is like rather than have a to-do list and I do love a to-do list but is um actually to make it an appointment in your diary and certainly if you use like Google Calendar you can then move things as well. So, so you, it might be that you know you need to spend an hour on a report and you can put that in your diary, but you can also move it somewhere else if you want to so that it's got its time that it's assigned to and you don't mm. need to worry about it outside of those times. Yeah. yeah. So that's something else. And I guess that's about putting a, making a time boundary around things. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I can just imagine though with these these different kind of ideas around kind of, unpicking what self-care is and, and kind of trying to pull together different sorts of ideas uh, around kind of what we need as well because it's not about neglecting just for the sake of saying that you know I've, I've dropped my you know I've lowered my standards so much so that I'm, I'm actually not doing that thing anymore because that won't make us feel good either so it's kind of somewhere it's it's a it's somewhere in the middle isn't it I mean I know people say that all the time but it really is something in the middle not only of the tasks that we're doing, but the things that we feel that we should be doing. And, and in theory, if everything is worked to the middle of its, you know, possibility, then, you know, in theory, we should be able to get most things going, yeah. you know, in our, in, in an, you know, sort of average everyday sort of life that, you know, I hope most of us, whatever that means really, but, you know, in terms of what, what most people have to probably achieve in a, in a day or, to, to accomplish or to to to, to do in a yeah, day something there about the sustainability isn't there about it being yeah. about you know you're doing a good job but at a sustainable level um, yeah exactly and I, I think like if you if you think of that as a sort of an hour of a day or a, a working day or a, a, a week a working week I could probably get in quite easily a little bit of extra CPD mm. in my week or fortnight or whatever it, you know chunk of time is reasonable I could you know because there's so much out there at the moment like a snippet here or there or 
an hour, something I could go back and, and listen to. I I could maybe podcast on the Psychology of Case Management podcast. It's also about being able to sit with the distress that our clients can bring or being able to kind of manage the impact of some of the challenging experiences that we have to experience with our clients and perhaps even in our own lives. So there's space for that even. I can imagine over a, a week or a month, a fortnight or a month or some, some re, again, reasonable time chunk, I can also be available reasonably to the people who matter in my life. Um, I can be available to all my clients in an equal sort of way, according to what their priorities are. I can be available to myself as well. There's space for me too. Um, and I guess it's about knowing, knowing that and being able to kind of stick with it in a yeah. way that means that I'm meeting a minimum sort of requirement or standard. It means that I'm there for myself as much as others. It means that, you know, I, I can be learning, I can be fulfilling myself in all the ways that I need to be fulfilling myself in while also sitting within that personal injury field which is just, it's a very sad world. Our clients are going through so much. Their families are going through so much. And we've chosen to work with that as well. So, you know, we're going to be massively in tune with that. So I think, you know, what we've, you know, what, what we've been talking about today kind of hopefully allows for some space <laughs> to uh, divvy up that reasonable chunk of week, fortnight, month, whatever it is, and say that, do you know what, I'm spreading myself equally and, as you say, sustainably. So I suppose to summarise, we're talking about trying not to kind of get caught up with the, the sort of apparent superpower that is not actually multitasking um, and to appreciate that that takes more than it gives, so to speak, and that it's not about doing more. It's, it's kind of about doing less or doing it differently, perhaps through outsourcing or doing it more smartly, I suppose, potentially even stopping or resting, even listening to one's body because your body will tell you what's what and when you've had enough. And that's really important. One practical way to think about self-care is the Pomodoro technique about chunking time into 25 minutes that could help manage some of the sort of the difficulties with maybe avoiding or struggling to start something um and thinking about our standards i suppose and that sounds like a bad like we're asking for a bad thing to like kind of drop standards to a a lower less appropriate level and that's not what we mean at all i think what we be, mean by that is about thinking about what is good enough really and more like knowing what is needed to achieve the goal and allowing space then for other things to be able to come in at a similar level so you are able to do the things that you want to do but in a way that is sustainable ultimately I suppose ultimately self-care is it's kind of it's multifaceted it's you know there's a lot about it and the key thing is that we want to be functioning healthily and we want to enhance our well-being. It's really, that's so important for sustaining ourselves in this um, busy personal injury world that we work in. We need the resilience for it, really, and we need to manage the stresses that life throws us at us as much as what our clients can throw at us. 
And it's not a luxury. It really isn't. It is an absolute necessity. And feeling constantly overwhelmed, tired, and unable to handle the challenges of life, whether it's in our personal lives or our work lives, is not a a nice way to live. Um, Because the next stage is always the fear of burnout. So if nothing else, I'm hoping that this episode will give you some additional permission, some food for thought, um, an opportunity to revisit some of our earlier podcast episodes to help you think a little bit more about you in all of this, because that's okay. You are worth it at the risk of sounding like a L'Oreal advert. And it just means that you're going to be more available and better for your clients in the work you do and better for your families. Um, because they are also important in you being able to be you. All right, I will stop there. Thank you very much to Dr. Alice Nichols for joining us on this episode and uh, we will see you anon. All right, take care for now. Bye-bye. Before you go... If you enjoyed the episode today, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate it on whatever platform you're listening on and share and like on your social media profiles. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow and to be a continuous resource for all. And if there's any topic you wish for us to cover, please drop us a line on our website. Thank you so much for all your support. 